It's the Beards of Blue Ridge, episode 17, take two. Take two. <laughs> we just had the greatest conversation that probably would have went viral on something and Graham wasn't recording yep. it. It's... I mean, this is borderline. I think you've been put on notice after, after Marco showed you up last week with the intro. Now this, it's like the hostess with the least of least, <laughs> The least yeah. It was a good intro last week. I you should shave your beard. At least half right. of it. Yeah. Oh. Go with That's a goatee right. or a chin strap. No, or just like that. literally half of it. That's punishment. That's punishment for I've shaved when I've had a thick beard before. And just left like the mustache to see if my wife would yeah. dig it, and she's just like, "No offense to anyone with mustache, but she's like, no, that's yeah, good. that's gotta go." I did that like one weekend. I went camping and just went in a mustache, and I had shaved my head, and my wife was like, "Ever." <laughs> She's like, look, you look like you came out of prison, and I'm not gonna go out in public with you ever again. Like, no. And, and I was I like, did, I did just get out of prison. <laughs> no, I was like, like, no, I was like, this is. I was like, I thought you'd say the mustache was cool. It was not. Yeah. So I, ever since then, I've not had a mustache. Most of the time when we look in the mirror and think we look cool, <laughs> our, our counterparts or the women don't think we look so cool. You know? No, you're telling, you're telling the truth. It's not the first time that I've been like, oh, check this out. And she's like, no, that's, that, that, that doesn't even work no, out. That's one of the worst <laughs> disappointments you go and you're like, hey, so how, does this look good? And it's like... Ah, uh, dang! I thought I looked. <laughs> yeah, if you don't get a, if you don't get a, res- that's how my wife did with anything. I'd be like, hey, what do you think? Is this okay? What do you think of this? And if it's not like, yeah, that's good. I like that. Or no, yeah. you can get a no. Also, is like a, eh, and you're like, all right, just stop there. Oh uh, so yeah. That's a, that's See, and I don't do experience that when it comes to like professional dress and all that. Like I, I was trained early on in my life how to do all that. It's more so. When I'm trying to, to meet the um, the like coolness of the current trends, sure. you know, and I just don't look right in it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? So like that does not look okay on you. Yeah. I don't know why it does on everybody else. And everybody else can do it, but on you can't. Yeah. No, this isn't skinny work. skinny ripped jeans and all. That oh yeah, stuff. no, there's like. What if Todd just came in with skinny jeans? You know, that'd be amazing. Holes <laughs> all in them too. Well, even certain sweatpants, you know, that they're tight. Oh, yeah, jars. they're tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put them on and been like, well, what do you think? I see everybody wearing them. And it's like, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no those aren't me. <laughs> so I had no case. You just give up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I used to, when I first moved down here, I didn't wear, the only time I wore shorts and tennis shoes was shorts when I slept or played basketball and tennis shoes when I played basketball. Outside of that, it was blue jeans. Red wing boots, and that was it. Like, it, you didn't see me, you know, mm. unless I was having to go to school and they make you wear dress clothes and a tie, but I didn't wear that kind of stuff, you know. So down here, when I started wearing it, it was kind of weird for me. You know? <laughs> right. Like, everybody's going to look at me weird, you know, in shorts, <laughs> and, you know. And it was, people didn't even think twice. Yeah, they didn't think nothing of it, yeah. Yeah, probably different, different in a big city. Than right. What'd y'all do this weekend? We had a uh, little Easter egg hunt. Pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And I got up early and cleaned the house. Did the oh. dishes. Vacuumed. That's about it. <laughs> no <laughs> parks? About... No parks? No. No, I try to go. My son, 
basically if I don't go to one park, my son like protests. He doesn't yeah, want to go. Want that. But that park is like 40 minutes from my house. So it puts me in a dilemma. My daughter needs to burn that energy off or she burns it off in the house. And then, you know, you try to like as a Burns parent i intervene i intervene so i'm like con like right. hey now you can't chase the dog now leave the cat alone that toy is not for throwing yeah. <laughs> like, what if you take the cat and dog to the park and turn it loose and let her chase them there that that would be amazing yeah i i agree i've actually thought the about question it. i have did you jump in any muddy puddles i did not so i'll give uh, i'll give our viewers that after topic we were talking about is that one of the things that I realized when I was talking to Todd and Graham afterwards is that the what ideally would have been good for me and my daughter when she was jumping in the puddles was to be there with her right so I've kind of got more into like and she loves that kind of stuff when I can be in there with her she loves it rather than what ends up happening a lot is I end up being like the restrictive role you know what I mean yeah. which is not I need to be more in the puddles so I don't know that I've done that great with it, though. You need to Practicing. be the participator. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I need to do at least, I need to set up like like at least one thing a week where I'm in there with her. And we're doing it together. And it's not a... Don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. Slow down, chill out. Yeah. yeah, like I learned like some play therapy language where I, I change language that I use. Where I go like, hey, that toy's not for throwing. So I try to re... Calibrate it, yeah. but it's the same difference, right? And it's a stop throwing that <laughs> yeah. versus hey, that toy's yeah, yeah, no, it's good. yeah. You know, so I try to because that's what they do in like play therapy is if a kid is uh, playing with a toy a certain way or they throw it, they'll be like, hey, that toy's not for throwing; it's for rolling. But do you feel like that takes some of the creativity out of it? Could be, you know, because look that at is all the, the inventions that have been created in the world. It may not have been the initial. It's like 3M. I don't think their initial purpose when the, what they went in to do didn't really pan out, but it created like this whole other avenue for them. You know? That's true. No, I, I think that is the risk, right? You're either you're either stopping it there or you're getting into like that power struggle kind of dynamic. Do you use that in admissions and tell staff like, hey, that's not for... Yeah. <laughs> hey, that document's not for writing on. Yeah, that document's not for stuff. writing on. It's for placing here. Yeah. <laughs> I try. That phone's not I, for throwing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I do try to use it in other places, you know. I think it's a, it's a, it's a helpful... Because it sets up choice more than, you know, right. this or that. So I do yeah. like it for that. But yeah, we didn't, we didn't do much. But I, I don't think I was where I needed to be with her. And when I'm not like that, you know, eventually I end up getting angry or whatever and having my not so great parent moments. Yeah. But I, <laughs> other than that, that was the main thing was just my family, just hanging out with them, cleaning, setting up for Easter. Were you in a lawn chair? Asleep? At no, all? no. Well, no, I was just with them all weekend. I didn't. That's I, a win. Stayed awake. Yeah, I did. I did stay awake, but it did make me tired getting up so early, you know, <laughs> which makes me, which makes me uh, uh, less of the parent that I feel like I needed to be. Because I think my daughter is a lot like me, like my purse, like she pushes and doesn't want anybody telling her what to do. And like she's got to wash her hands, open the door, close the door. She doesn't, you know, so I, I think that's why it's harder for me. But other than that. I mean, it was a good weekend. 
But nothing exciting. Nice. We're what you guys busy, do. busy this weekend. So you're still sporting kind of an Easter egg look. That's right. That's that was like the goal. It. That was the goal. Yeah. yeah. Very, very. It's like an Easter egg that's been in prison. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just need the goatee like Marcos. You need the Grandma's Graham, in a bright purple shirt with black lines on it. That's not black. Well, whatever it is. Navy blue. Navy blue. It looks black. Kind of black. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. It depends on how close you are to me. It's Easter uh, inspired by Easter. So, uh, we were busy. My wife, so, we... My wife bought a bunch of new furniture, so I had to put all that together. She bought a bunch of new office furniture because she's she found out um, she's going to be full time working at home now going forward. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and then she bought some new. She bought like a new table and chairs and this church pew to go in like a kitchen area. So of course it was one of those. Allen wrench sets, putting everything oh, together, yeah. screws, which wasn't bad. We got we got it all put together. It looks nice. And then the big thing on Saturday was, since we moved in our house four years ago, we hadn't pressure washed anything. So I got a I had a pressure washer, and I was like, I'm gonna pressure wash every piece of concrete I own. And I pressure washed a bunch when I was younger. Just hadn't done it in a few years. And I estimated I was like, I can get this done in two three hours. Right. Yeah. No. Six and a half hours later, <laughs> I got done yeah. pressure washer. So I definitely jumped in some muddy puddles. Well, yeah, so yeah, I, I used to run like have a little side pressure washing business where it's just the gun, yeah. me, and the gas can, mm -hmm. the machine. Yeah. Dude, now like anytime you need to do it, tell me because I've got all the tools that make it yeah. swift, quick. Like I got the the big uh, the round thing. Spin, yeah. You, you just drive it around, dude. It's no time. So my I neighbor, got the, the like forty foot extendable arm. Yeah. See, dude, I didn't have. Now, I don't know if you're strong enough to really yeah, hold right. it. Not after last week. I mean, My neighbor had a little driveway attachment, so I tried it, and it did decent. What brand? I couldn't even. And that, if it's little, I can tell you. It's, this is a, this is a it wasn't even gas. It was electric. It was I don't know, dude. Mine's, yeah. mine's the full, the most strongest one you can buy. Yeah. Handle most pressure. I tried I tried this, and it did a decent job. But the way I was looking at it. I was going to have to come back over it and hit spots right. anyway, so I just thought, I'm just going to go a little by little and just get this whole thing knocked out. So I got it done. Looks looks great. So we were busy doing that. We went to church for Easter and hung out. Um, and then the weather was so nice. It was, it was cool. So we, the church we go to, it's act, there's actually four or five different um, young couples with young kids who all live like right next to us, like a cul-de-sac over. So we were all outside Sunday night. The kids were running around until much later than they typically do, and all the families were hanging out. So That's cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Got a lot done. A lot more than just hanging a toilet paper, paper roll. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did, I mean, it sounds like everybody's weekend's fairly the same. We, we did the um, Easter stuff. Went Well, Saturday, I went to the gu a gun range with Jacob again, and he helped side in all the different weapons, you know. So nice. it's cool hanging out with him, seeing the knowledge that he has around, you know, firearms that aren't, like, I'm used to shotguns, and he, he's very knowledgeable about handguns, rifles, things like that. So it's it's cool bonding time with a staff member off that is the cool. hours, you yeah. know. And letting let you know he, he's the expert, so it's cool to 
just watch him do his thing and all that. So I did that. Um, we did the, the Easter egg. The Easter's gotten weird, though. So it's like <laughs> this Easter bunny thing, you yeah. know, it's like, so it's turned into like a basket of candy to now that's a disappointment. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, now yeah. it's supposed to almost be like Christmas. Yeah. And I don't know when that happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then my 10 year old catches me in these like moments. She's last night, she was complaining about these slides that the, Easter Bunny broader, you know, yeah. and I was like, "Well, honey, take them back inside. Don't wear them if you don't. If they're hurting your feet, we'll we'll take them back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And get a different pair. Nothing was said, and then she's like, "No, it's fine." I was like, "But it's not. You're gonna waste money when we catch." She's like, "What do you mean waste money? The Easter Bunny got them. <laughs> <She> got them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, listen, he's nothing's free in life. <laughs> he has to pay for something." Which I, I don't know that my 10-year-old still actually believes as much she manipulates to make yeah. it seem. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah she, my, my son still goes along with it, though, too. Well, and like so at their mom's house, they just got candy. And they were, she, her mom was texting me and Anna. I was like, I think they're disappointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they used to, you know, and here we are. We learned that lesson last year. So we've got, like, some clothes and, you know what yeah. I mean, different stuff like that. And I've done this thing traditionally years ago, and it was out of out of lack of preparation. Is one Easter in this old neighborhood I lived in, we forgot to make Easter eggs with candy in them or whatever. Yeah. So the, I just improvised. I had a bunch of eggs. I put quarters of just money in them. Yeah. You know, and then started hiding them everywhere. Yeah. Well, the next thing I know, like seven kids in the neighborhood heard about it. And they're all in my yard looking for the money, you know. And, and at the time, Devin was real little. He, he got mad because he didn't find as much money. As <laughs> yeah. So it became this tradition now. It's always there's a hunt for money. And what's, what's funny is I put like the coins in it or whatever. They find all these coins and then give them to us to keep, and I just recycle and use them again <laughs> next year, yeah. you know. Um, but outside the, uh, the really cool piece I learned this week, you know, so my wife's the, the coolest person in the world. So she, even though she's born in the South, she it's the city, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like Southern living and out of it, Alpharetta and Atlanta's not, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, like Eastern Kentucky, though we're higher above, you know, the South, yeah. you know, it's... So she is, uh, I've noticed over time, <laughs> she'll try to blend in like country words, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, she'll, she said like, yeah, I'm, I'm hankering for a piece of pie. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is this? Like, I don't ever say that. I respect you're trying to, to be, you know, so that, and then she made this country meal that was freaking off the chain. Yeah. Like all the stuff that would remind me of home yeah. so it's it's really cool to watch how she's and not because i've said anything but yeah. literally it's just a seems almost like a natural attachment she has to me of like trying to to create this environment that you know i grew up in yeah. or whatever so that even was, down to saying hankering yeah, yeah. which i don't <laughs> say but you know what i mean um that that was because I asked her, I was like, where do you even get that word? Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. it. But no, it was, uh, 
Google. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. What do Southern people say? (laughs) I don't think it was like a purposeful. I think it's just organically, you know, uh, I don't know if it's being around me so much or what, but it's just a cool, cool (laughs) thing. The way she's starting to cook is a lot of, you know, that country food and just the, you know, what you would would see on a stereotypical country table. Yeah. Like down here, when I think of, country food it's nothing like where i'm from you know even the green beans green beans down here you could use as a shoelace you know what i mean and they're horrible taste yeah Yeah, that's not good like where i'm from you you make wide half runners and there's this whole process to it and they'll knock your socks off you know what i mean and she's learning she's almost she's perfected that i mean it's it's, nice it was pretty cool man to see her put on that she wanted to do a little easter yeah. Easter meal and it was uh, I crushed that and then I actually ended up as her and her family visited I passed out in the chair <laughs> just laid me out you know Food coma. Yeah. Nice. that's so pretty that's, awesome it was, it was a pretty cool weekend that's great perfect weather this weekend too yeah that beats Waffle House I went and got Waffle House we had yeah. Waffle House after church did you? yeah, yeah that's great well I could have invited y'all over we had yeah time. right Maybe, just <laughs> yeah. let me know my kids went nuts because they were like, we're like, hey, we're going to go Waffle House. And they're like, I think they're, you know, they're so young. And especially with COVID, they were like, wait, we're going to go inside Waffle House? And we were like, yeah. They were like, we're going inside a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah, we were they're like, like good. I'm thinking like, what? It's not that big of a deal. And that's what they had. Well, yeah. you don't go in many restaurants these days, yeah. I guess. So. No, like a third of my daughter's life has been on quarantine. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, like, like for little kids, yeah, this has been such a... I'll read about it in history books. <laughs> yeah, restrictive deal, yeah. You telling them when they're older, like, yeah. She always wants to go in everywhere because we don't, so she yeah. freaks out, you know. Of course. Yeah. When we do go somewhere. So I was thinking about a topic for today, and the reason I came up with what I landed on is I had a, I had a family I was working with last week who asked me personally, hey, what's been, what's been one of the biggest things for you in recovery that has been most important for me personally. Um, and I never really had that question asked that way, so it made me start thinking about it. So that's why thinking about the topic that I told you guys was, hey, what's been one of the most pivotal things for you personally in your recovery to date, right? Right. Um, and when they asked me that, what I started thinking was, <clears throat> I can remember being, um, so long story short, and I'll break it down, is I feel like, community and relationships has been one of the outside of outside of my relationship with God obviously which he would fall in the category of relationships um, the most important thing has been community for me and to break that down and disclaimer this this it's different I think these are different for everyone this is just personal to my story and to me but going back to that guy I told you earlier um, my Godshot moment, Blake, the guy who was my teacher or my counselor, we were sitting in a group and um, he was going through statistics and the statistics of things like, hey, you know, there's there's four of you guys. If we just talk to statistics, like, hey, one of you guys is probably going to make it long term. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. One of you guys statistically probably going to die in your addiction. I mean, he got real dark real fast. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It starts, it was, it starts think, going downhill. Yeah. yeah. It was eye-opening for me in the moment because when he said, like, look around the room at each other, and these were all 
dear friends, some of them still dear friends, and he hit the nail on the head because a couple of them aren't with us anymore because of addiction. He was like, hey, one of you guys is going to make it. And I remember in my head thinking like, well, it sucks for the rest of you guys because I'm, I'm going to be the one if it's just one of us. You know what I mean? And right. So that willingness to do whatever it took. And one of the things that I had to do was, and I was telling you earlier, Marcus, my community of people and relationships completely had to change. Right. Me, right. So all the people from my past – even the really healthy ones, they were all connected, just the place I grew up, to the people I didn't need to be around. And I was telling Marcos uh, earlier, Todd, like, I even went back and hung out after a, I had been sober for a while and, and changed and built this relationship with God to where I'd go hang out with even the healthy ones, and I was a completely different person at that point. And I caught myself trying to be the old Graham, and I feel like they were expecting to see the old Graham, like how I joked, how I thought, how I operated, even mannerisms and things. And I was trying to be something that I wasn't anymore. I was just, I was different. And I felt myself to an unhealthy way, trying to revert back to old ways of doing things. Not anything that had to do with drinking, using, but just, I, I quickly started realizing or God showed me like, hey, you know, that was those relationships were then in that season and they weren't bad but we're in a new season now you've changed to a different way so i i had to just i had to change my whole community of people right and that was something i committed to um so new relationships in recovery outside of recovery all that kinds of stuff um because one thing i had not done in my different stints of trying to get sober was not changing my relationships and trying to fit back in with the old ones. Correct. And if I was willing to do whatever it took, like Blake said in that class, and if I was going to be the one out of everyone, one of the things I had to do is change my community. And yeah, so that would be, that's what I was saying was community and relationships, healthy relationships has been the biggest. It's a different slogan, but there's used to be these old timers in this 12 step meeting that I used to go to and I'd go because they were like the mean old timers. (laughs) Yeah. So that would just kind of be entertainment for me because they would just go after anybody who didn't exactly say, yeah, their party lied. And I just thought it was kind of funny. But they used to say that to new guys come in. They'd be like, oh, only one thing you got to do, son. They'd be like, what's that? And they'd be like, change everything. (laughs) They would be all laughing and then you'd watch the... The, you know, new guy with like, you know, three days sober, his face would fall and they'd be all, ah, you know, like yeah. they're just, you know, but they, but it's that their delivery most of the time, you know, was rough and, and yeah. sometimes a little excessive, but their point was kind of what you're saying. Like you had to change like all of it, yeah you know, little by little, I'd imagine. Yeah. Granted, I had been, when I made that commitment too, I had been, I had been sober for nine months too. Oh, yeah. Right. Granted, I was in a year-long treatment center, so oh, yeah. it was easier for me to kind of make that transition oh, yeah. and realize that. But if you had told me that after I had been sober for like a month or two, I would have been like, I'm not doing that. I, I think there's people even today, because I agree with you, and especially in early recovery, kind of, yeah, I had to change everything but it was like piecemeal because i didn't sober up thinking that i just thought i was gonna stop x y and z and still do all these other things and my friends are my friends and yeah so i agree with you that i had to 
to change all that sort of piecemeal. But I even think even today in my life that there's um, like I'll have friends that like, you know, maybe we're we're in a good spot. But like for what I'm growing on, I might need to like bring in a a, a newer person, right? Yeah. Who's going to yeah. challenge me to grow in some particular other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the same thing that was true, what you're saying in early recovery yeah. is true, you know, in all stages, right? Because yeah. I've definitely had friends or community that were tap into my old behavior and we could be sober, yeah. but like my negativity will be stronger with them or whatever it is will just be. So I try to like today, I try to be as conscious as I can. I put a lot of, I try to bring in people that are more like the opposite of me kind of naturally because they help balance out my, uh, my viewpoints. You know what I mean? So I, I think you're totally right. I even had to, for me, this is just for me personally, I had to distance myself in a healthy way from my sister and my dad for a little bit too because you know I was young I was 21 even though I was 21 I was not I was not emotionally a mature 21 year old but I had to I had to grow up and distance myself apart from them to become a man you know what I mean and to grow up because I had relied on them so much and I think even for them they'd say too like they always looked at me especially after my mom passed away my sister and my dad looked like, hey, we gotta take we gotta take care take of him. Take care of him, yeah. And they looked at me as yeah, as the little kid in the relationship. So I kinda had to distance myself and say, Listen, I gotta I gotta grow up and become who I am and figure out who I am apart from that role because I'm not I'm not that little kid anymore, you know. And in a lot oh, of ways yeah. it's changed too, which is cool to see how God's God's done that. But yeah, it's def- for me it's been and relationships and growing in those and so like changing your community changing putting the people in your life that that you need mm-hmm. yeah for me one when you brought the topic up there wasn't one thing that jumped out of me there's pro, there's just there seems to be like a lot sure and at different points in my recovery there's been different key people or I don't know phrasing is right but sayings that more resonated mm-hmm. some of them the most and some of them resonate today and then some of them get switched out with different things yeah you know or you look at it too is doing the uncomfortable because i can tell you when i when i when i felt like that was the direction i was supposed to go i didn't want to like i was like i don't want to do that like you know how difficult that's going to be like i gotta <clears throat> build a new community and relationships and so yeah. i knew it was, it was super uncomfortable it was it wasn't easy you know what right. I mean? um but I guess that's that's the one thing that stuck out to me when they asked me, like, hey, what what was one of the biggest things that you had to work on? And for me, it was community of people, relationships. Oh, 100%. 100%. See, I, when you, you asked that question, great topic, by the way. The word going to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew it was coming. They were just waiting gonna, for yeah, He's good to, to jab you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, when I look at it, it's it's kind of a, uh, a current thing that's uh, going on. We talked about a little before we, we started this. but So, when I look back at my, my story, if you will, and I ask that question, what's been the most pivotal thing for me in recovery, you know, the, the only word I can put on it is the, really, I guess, uh, the 
two words, three words, maybe, maybe it's more, um, but the ability to change my dreams, mm -hmm. you know, because so when I was using running and gunning, I had a vision of my life. I think we all carry a vision of our life. Um, and, and sometimes we feel like we don't have control of that. It's just going to be what it's going to yeah. be. Like I really thought at one point I was sent here to do the devil's work. Like mm -hmm. I, that's my, you know, I've been mm -hmm. enacted to be the, the bad so there can be good, you know, and I believe that. So I went around doing what I was doing, but <clears throat> when I got sober, it was like one of these things of, of like, can I see the world in a different way? Can I see my world in a, a different way? And that's part of the scariest thing is because the negative self-talk limits the dreams that you could have. Like you tell yourself, well, you can't do that and you can't do this and you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it's one of those cool things is I think a lot of people in our situations, when you really look at it, you know, it's like, when did you truly start to live? And it's kind of when you, I was writing notes, kind of like when you, once you encounter death mm -hmm. you, in whatever way that looks to you, it doesn't have to necessarily be, hey, I overdosed and I'm like there, but um, you know, for me, it, it was like a slow death, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If my physical health was going bad, I'd lost my mental health, like all this stuff, and I became trapped in my own body, if you will. And it, you know, once you encounter death, you realize the magnitude of what living really is. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was going back and, and changing the dreams. Now here's the catch to a dream, is we can sit and daydream about it all day long and, and sometimes those daydreams turn into nightmares because it terrifies us. It's such a massive dream yeah. that you're like, yeah, I could never do that. So it's what scary. I had to learn, yeah, it terrifies people. And what I had to learn kind of at a very young age in recovery was you can't, you can't bite off that whole piece at one time. You have to, to break your dream into smaller chunks and start to take action. You know, with that action, you have to have the faith. I mean, there's so many things. You got community that comes in, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's crazy because we all, I think every human being has all these dreams, right? And they rarely do we live up to what we dream in our head. And the, the, I heard this guy, Jim Rohn, talk, say one time, he says, why does every life form live to the max except human beings? It's like when a, everything, like when a tree grows, it literally grows right. as tall as it can grow. Yeah, it you doesn't I mean? go like, I could be this tall, <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to chill right here. I'm going to stop right here. You know? I'm good. I'm going to stop. <laughs> right. But we do that all, we do. The, all the time. Get comfortable. You know, and it's, um, when, when I heard that, it's like, because then he falls, it's like, if you could be better, should you? And it's like, well, yeah, 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 of course. You know, yet we continue to limit ourselves because we don't really like. I, I my dreams will take over my entire world. You know, and people even think something's wrong with me when I'm literally playing out what the next ten years of my life I'm going to do this, and it's going to turn into this. And that, you know, my imagination yeah. takes over. Um, you know, and I think the 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 lack of the creativity for the way my life could be when I was sick and suffering compared to the way it is now, it's just, dude, it, it and yesterday I was talking to a buddy of mine, one of the last ones that's alive, uh, and he was a guy that I never thought would be where he is today. I mean, he's 43 years old, living with his parents, just suffering, you know what I mean? And I got on the phone, his mom called me, 
kind of asked me, you know, what, what can I do? What am I supposed to do? How can I help? All this kind of stuff. And man, I, I got on the phone with him and it devastated me because he's not, you know, it, within the first three minutes, he was in tears. And then this wall came up and completely shut me out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hadn't talked to him in years. And I just, all, off the rip, I didn't let him, you know, go around any bushes. And I, I directly said, do based on what your mom's telling me, yeah. you're hurting. Like you're, you're alone, you're in darkness, and he just started crying. Yeah. And then just this wall. Shut you know, off. Yeah. He would not come out of it. And it's like, man, that's, that, it's just, that, yeah. like it hurts. Because my life today is not like that. Like I don't have to live that way. I can literally have these, these imaginations and these dreams of what it could be. And what I know through the recovery process is it's not going to be easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? The life I'm envisioning for myself is one of challenges, tribulations. But through those challenges and tribulations comes a deeper connection with God. You know, and then my dreams become something I never thought were possible. You know, yeah. I had a dream of of running a little 16 bed treatment center. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and look at it now, like I, I could have never envisioned this, you know? Um, you know, to have people believe in me at such a high level that it blows my mind, because I still suffer from that. I wonder when they're gonna figure me out. In there. And then, you know, my boss is telling me, you know, kind of where I rank among the CEOs in the company and all, and it just baffled, you know? It's yeah. like, I don't, how did, I, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, and it all started with a dream, you know, and it's you, you compile that with faith and then the connections that you're talking about and the community and all that kind of stuff. Dude, it just it can present such a beautiful experience for people because that's all life is. It's a it's a multitude of experiences crammed. And, and what we we do is often when we're not living life, we're, we're not having an experience, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And it's, I've said it last week, all at Wayne Dyer, it's be open to everything attached to nothing, you know, and that's life. Like yeah. if I can be open to every single experience that I have and I don't attach some sort of sick meaning to it, right. it's, it's just an experience, be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, that's living, you know, so it's, for me, if I were telling a family that or a, a person that's kind of you know how I look at it because yeah. my question on the flip side is, is like why didn't I just die right you know what I mean I, sh I should have just yeah. died why didn't I just die you know and I think it's because God wants me to have the experience I'm having with the dreams that, that he's allowed in my life so I can encourage other people and say dude you don't have to be that way yeah. like what do you dream of doing and you can make it happen yeah. you know and, and it's just I think we get you know, it's silly to think that you can have a dream and no no roadblocks to it, you know, because right. that's what a lot of people think. They get all fired up and they're yeah. motivated and all this. And I and told a client the other day, Inky Johnson says this, he's, he'll say, you know, true character and integrity and dedication means that you, you remain the person you said you'd remain long after the emotion in which you said it is gone. You know, because we can all get fired up and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then you get hit in the face like Mike Tyson says. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> there goes that. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. You know, so it's, that's what I would say to a, a person that's asking that question. The most pivotal thing for me was the ability to, 
to dream a, a relationship with God, like what that look like, what would I look like as a different person, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't have to live out the nightmare I was having of being the devil's right hand. I didn't have to live that, yeah. you know, and that sucked. Yeah, and as you're talking, I I can take the whole, the your example and, and even plug it into mine now that I'm thinking about it was, you know, especially as I was coming coming out of treatment and getting ready to start working in the field. Like I had a I had a dream and like a God-given vision of like where my life was headed or at least what I wanted. And I knew like you're talking about roadblocks for me personally, hey, I got to I'm going to have to cut ties with certain things in order to get there, you know? I'm going to have to make some sacrifices to to head that way to to find my my wife and have kids and all those types of things where I want to get there. Um, yeah, I love it. Dream and dream big too. At some point, it's crazy. We we talk about this too. We we can get into dreams. This is a good topic. We can do part two. Is I I think as adults, it's a it's in our nation. It's bad too. Like we stop we stop dreaming. Right. And if you look at like and dreams are so important. Like if you look at kids and we're talking about imagination or like dreams are so amazing. You know I mean, and somehow we tell we tell adults like hey, stop dreaming, or that's just a dream. But, like, when your kids are dreaming, you don't tell them, like, dude, you're not in a, you're not in a spaceship. That's a cardboard box. What are you doing? Like, no, yeah. we encourage them, and we push them to dream and dream big. And Well, you, you eventually quit jumping in the muddy puddle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you get in that space. Like, I love to buy into this stuff. Like, I'm, I, people saw me not at work. Uh, well, it's even at sometimes at work, I'm, I'm a huge kid, but it, it's... Like, I get all into that, you know, yeah. it's with my daughters of how can you reenact stuff, how can you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it brings your youthfulness back, mm -hmm. if you will. But we don't, I think what part of the problem with the dreamers is you, you got to have the preparation with it too, you know what I mean? It's yeah. that old saying, it's, it, you know, we live in that world of, well, when it's raining, you can't fix the roof. But when it's not raining, you don't need to fix the roof. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like in those moments when life it may be good, uh, we we don't prepare because our dreams are going to have that you know slap in the face. Well, that's or, when we're comfortable. You know. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it's a you know that I can dream all day long. Once I start to take action, I got to realize all kinds of things are coming at me. You know what I mean? And, and I have to be prepared. I got to fix the roof before it rains again because at the end of the day when it rains it's too late you know yeah good luck man. right good stuff that's awesome so you got to jump into somatic puddles i do i do but i think you guys put good words on because i was going to say like i didn't the uh i didn't know in the beginning i didn't know what i i just wanted something better you know yeah. and i know if i would even took a stab at and I've heard people say this a lot, in particular in recovery, that if you wrote down everything that you wanted in your future, you would have, it's like what Todd was saying, you would have underestimated, right, what you got today. Yeah. Like all of this stuff would have been, you know, not fathomable for me. I wouldn't have, I just kind of wanted to not live in like a trailer one day. Right. You know what I mean? That's I like, I was like, like if I can. <laughs> I just want to like not do drugs and alcohol. Like that's, yeah, all this is like, that's all I signed up yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, I but the beauty of it is y'all showed up and did work. See, yeah. that, 
the problem that the people face is they don't want their the current experience they have, but they're unwilling to go out and do anything to create a different one. Sure. You know, or they, they you know, it's, I don't have the motivation, I don't have this, or, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And that's the sad part for people is they'll never experience the, the you know, being happy, joyous, and free because they won't do the work. Right. You know? It's the 12 steps, man, is a dream. Like you go read some of the ninth step promises, tenth step promises. That's right. yeah. that is a fantasy land yeah. for a newcomer. Yeah, yeah that's the really doesn't it? You wait a minute. You're gonna tell me I'm gonna recoil from alcohol like a hot flame? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. That financial insecurities will will disappear. Yeah. You know, that stuff was dreams. Yeah. And I would sit and listen to that, and I grabbed a hold of it and wouldn't let go. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. okay, that's what I'm going. At. That's what I want. They tell me, because it's like I'm the label of label of alcohol or heroin, it doesn't tell you the truth about the life you're getting ready to experience. Right, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And I came into the program and there's this label that's telling me for once, if you do this, here's what you're gonna get. Okay, mm -hmm. let's see. You know, what I'm else do I have to lose? You know what I mean? Heroin, I never came the biggest dope dealer in the world, the most successful, like I thought, like I dreamed. <laughs> yeah, like it just didn't turn out. Right? <laughs> and, and nothing on it had the truth. No drug, no bottle about had the truth, the label of what's yeah. really going to go down. You know, they don't tell you on commercials. They don't, they, they paint this dream. Oh, yeah. beautiful. It's not yeah. real. Yeah. You know, and I had to have something like the the promises that told me, you know, each step kind of has them. They'll tell you what what you're going to experience, and yeah. you, I latched on to that. You know, and I think for me it was this is the start of of when I really started to dream of a different life. You know, yeah. being able to do things that either somebody around me said I couldn't do, or I'd tell myself sometimes I couldn't do. You know, all that. That's even well said. Here, even to your my wife, you know, my current wife. It's just I dreamed of her. I told her, you know, all the time. It's like I've been I've been waiting on her, and I've seen her my entire life. Yeah. There's just certain things I had to go through before the world allowed me to to. You know, I felt like yeah. I was attached to her my entire life. I know I was. Yeah. Like I go back and think in high school with the vision I had of the woman I wanted. Because um, I always dated the cheerleader and this and that that didn't do anything I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they were set on the sidelines and did nothing I did. Mm -hmm. And I always envisioned this woman that had the beauty and the body of the cheerleader but loved to participate in all the stuff I did. She's my biggest fan, you know what I mean? And I, I was attached to her at a young age and just didn't, didn't, didn't find her until I was supposed to find her. But I yeah. never let go of that dream, yeah. you know? It was... Um, and I hope people don't take that wrong because I was previously married, but it didn't stop me from dreaming. And it wasn't a, in my head, it wasn't a lustful kind of approach to it. It, it was just a, a, it's a different mindset, mm -hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? That there always is, there's always something out there for me, you know, and, and I, can, I can make the best of my current circumstances and wait for what's to come, you know, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sure. total sense. Well said. See, trust me on the topic, Marco. Marcos. You, you're right. I just lacked the creativity at the time 
the dream, if you will. This is not a topic to throw. This is one to just talk about. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. What was the topic again? Don't worry. <laughs> Don't, Don't it, worry. Well, I think it was. It I think it was dreams. Yeah. We just didn't have. Um, we just Top didn't have to Todd's it. words Top for it. Put a name to it. Yeah. I knew it would happen. Well, that's the beauty of this is you just we we don't know what's going to come of it. We don't really know what we're doing. We just talking. Yeah, yeah. That's the fun of it. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a, I like to prepare, and I've learned to not until I'm in the moment, and then yeah. I just start getting just flooded with it. ideas and write them down. And I'm sure we're going to say things that offend people, don't sound right, sound great. That, but that's the beauty of it. Exactly. Know? I agree. Enjoyed it this morning. We'll catch everyone next week. Awesome.